How do you know that they're not uh, dragon eggs and you're going to you're going <laughs> to piss off be. the leviathan? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a possibility. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm William. I'm Dave. Dave is my pastor. Willie is a hospice chaplain. And we've been friends for more than 20 years. We've had thousands of conversations about things that matter and things that don't. So now we're inviting you to join in. Each week we pull a topic out of the hopper and we talk about it. This is the Hopper Podcast. Hey, Dave, I got a good topic for the hopper. Uh, electric vehicles. Yeah. I have never driven an electric vehicle. Have you? No. Okay. My brother had one. Is that right? Yeah. Or okay. he probably still does. What did, What does he have? Uh, good question. You don't know? <laughs> I don't know my electric vehicles. It's well, a small Toyota, maybe? Okay. Prius? Is that the Toyota? So a Prius is um, a hybrid. It has electric motor in uh-huh. it, but then also gasoline power. Gotcha. Anyway, I have been doing a little bit of research on, vehicle, on electric vehicles because I love the idea of them. Uh-huh. Actually, did you know that they're pretty old? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, so back like um, around the turn of the century, 1900 or so, as the cars were being developed, um, steam-powered cars, right. gasoline-powered uh-huh. cars, and electric cars were about a third, a third, a third of the market share. Okay. Back around the turn of the century. And the fastest of them all was the electric all right. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, they were developed, uh, the very first vehicles that we th- would think of, like as a car, were electric. Hmm. They were not gasoline powered. And um, that's around the mid-1800s or so. And by the 1890s, they were the most developed and most the highest technology was the electric cars. And they were fantastic. Now, the um, gas-powered cars at that time existed... But they were inefficient. Mm-hmm. They had to have a crank start. Uh, they were very, very loud, and they stunk horribly right. of gasoline. Yeah. And so they worked, but if you could afford it, everybody wanted an electric car because uh-huh. they were much better. Anyway, as uh, as the gasoline cars got more efficient, and they put in a good exhaust system, and put a muffler on, put them a muffler and... on them, and started right. doing. All of a sudden, like, wait a second, these are actually more powerful now. And so in the early 1900s... I'm sure they were much more powerful. Much more powerful. Yeah. Once once they started to actually yeah. do it develop right, them, develop yeah. them, yeah. But it took some time. And mm-hmm. electric cars were really, really popular at the fast. Uh, at, at, the, at the beginning, I mean. Anyway, um, the, the gasoline cars also became uh, cheaper. And so then that also right. was a big, big deal. Anyway, electric vehicles have been in use since then mm-hmm. for like uh, public transportation, uh, railways, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And so electric vehicles have been around, you know, all the way through. Yeah. But then just recently, they have been coming back. Yeah, yeah. In a big, big way. For sure. Um, and everyone knew that that was going to happen because... Uh, as battery, the batteries are becoming, the technology is getting much, much better. Right. Yeah. And, but it was Tesla that really put the electric cars recently on the map mm-hmm. again. Before that, they existed, but... Weren't very fast. Yeah. Batteries are super expensive. Very expensive. And had to be replaced yeah, quite often. Yeah, they don't often. last that long. Yeah. They still don't last that long, I don't think. Actually, they do. So now we've got these... Um, well, I, I want to talk about that a little bit later. They okay. they last a fair amount of time. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Let's, um, the uh, the the one of the big ones was the Nissan Leaf that came out in 2010, uh-huh. um, and it was until recently the most popular electric vehicle worldwide, and because it was super small, uh-huh. it was no fr- it had nothing. There was nothing to it. There were no frills whatsoever, and it was totally electric. Um, but it was ugly and it didn't go far and it was Uh all electric. How much did it weigh? Do you know? I'm not sure. That's a good question. Uh It was really small. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a little coffin on wheels? A little (laughs) coffin on wheels. That's right. That's right. But it was really popular because, um, it was very easy to operate and there was almost no maintenance and it was, Mm -hmm. you know, very, very cheap to, uh, to fuel. Yeah. 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 So until you had to replace those batteries. Until you had to replace those batteries. Then your car's totaled. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. Well, Tesla, um, in in contrast to that kind of puny little nothing, Tesla started making like all frills cars. Uh huh. And that were like luxury cars, basically. Yeah. 
yeah. And they got them uh, fast too, and super fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it used to, th- you know, they used to uh, set all the speed records back, you know, 120 years ago, and now, but then they were really slow. Now they're super fast again, mm-hmm. and Tesla was doing that. Um, so in recent years, automakers, um, there's several automakers that are that are intending to go all electric. So Ford, GM, a number of them are saying we're getting rid of all gasoline engines. Um, which is interesting because this is this is clearly the direction where all vehicles are going. Yeah, yeah. Tell me. Well, uh, no, I just I heard recently that uh, a number of the blue states are already <laughs> trying to pass legislation. Yeah. To get rid of all gasoline vehicles. Yes. Which I think is aggressive, and uh, there needs to be a much longer phase out period. Um, I think that that's. That's kind of the liberal, um, we don't care what this costs, it's better for the environment. Let's just go ahead and push this through, and the people who can't afford it, oh well. You know, there'll be some sort of welfare for them, I guess. Well, let's talk about that, because, yeah. let's talk about that, because, so California recently did that, and but it's not for another, I forget how what year it is, but it's that you can't, when they, um, the law they passed, is that you can't, sell new gasoline-powered vehicles. Still, you can have used gasoline vehicles, and of course they're going to be on the road, but you can't sell brand new gasoline vehicles. And that's well into the future. Here's the thing, though. Um, It's at a time when the big automakers, GM and Ford and others, um, before California did this, they're already going to be all electric anyway. Mm -hmm. So California is... is, uh, the laws actually are behind what the automakers are doing. Yeah, I think that that it if they're responsible with these laws, yeah, um, that would be different. Uh, what the article that I quickly breezed through, okay, uh, suggested that they were being rather aggressive. Okay, um, that they were pushing this through pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and and okay, so let me hear more of the research because I, I do like I said earlier, I don't know my electric cars. Yeah. Um, so this is just like tidbits I've heard here and there. Yeah. So let me let me uh, talk some about that. Global sales of electric vehicles are skyrocketing. Tesla is really the catalyst for that, but others are doing it. You know, everybody's getting in yeah, on it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so all, a lot of the luxury car makers, Lexus and Acura and Cadillac and all these others, mm-hmm. um, they're losing sales to Tesla uh-huh. because people who have a lot of money want a Tesla. They don't want a Lexus. And so everybody's getting into the game of electric cars. Battery prices are dropping crazy fast. Uh Between 2010 and 2020, lithium-ion batteries have dropped in price 89%. Mm 89%. Yeah. That's crazy. So when you say batteries are super expensive, okay, they're still expensive, but they're dropping like crazy yeah. as we as Quick we, question. Yeah. Um, so you know the the resources yeah. required to yes. to do this kind of change in the industry. Yeah. Do you do you find yes. anything about that? The totally. Research? So the big issue right now is the infrastructure. If we had the infrastructure in place, there'd be electric vehicles everywhere. Let, let me talk a little bit about the infrastructure because that's the okay. cost maybe that you're talking about. Well, I mean, there like the other costs as like well, like the lithium, like the yes. uh, the the, okay. the metals. You know, the <laughs> you're getting way ahead of me. Okay. I got, okay. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about the infrastructure. Um, charging stations. Yeah. Right. So there are charging stations around. We have some in our town, and I've, you know when you travel, uh-huh. you see charging stations around um, at grocery stores, movie theaters, restaurants. But when you see them, they stand out because they're they're still rare, right? Um, and even in the places where they do exist, there's not many of mm-hmm. them. Recharging an electric vehicle takes a lot more time than filling up a gas tank. Gas tank. Right, right, and it's gotten it's gotten faster over the years. It used to take many, many hours to fill right. a, a battery. It doesn't anymore, uh, but it, it depending on the vehicle, um, and depending on the charger, the specific right. technology of charger that you're using. Level two chargers are pretty cheap to install, but they're still pretty slow. Level yeah. three chargers allow drivers to recharge eighty percent of their battery in about thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but they cost a lot more. Yeah. That's pretty quick, but it's nowhere near as fast as filling up a gas can, gas yep. tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we're going to need charging stations at various places. Now, for most people, think about it. If, if everybody had an electric vehicle, you could base, most people would charge their vehicle at home, 
and you can charge it overnight, uh-huh. and that's it. Just stays topped off basically, yeah, all the time. That's what I would do. That's probably what you would do. But but when you actually go on longer trips, if you're doing four or five hundred miles at a time, you're gonna need. You can't just go to a, a you know fill up in two minutes. That's not gonna work. Right. So we're gonna need more chargers, and that's that costs a whole bunch of money. Um, for them to be popular, we're gonna need to spend a ton of money putting in. Especially like vacation spots. Think about like uh, national parks. They're out in the middle of nowhere. We're gonna have to run a ton of of uh, you know charging stations out to places like that. Wouldn't that be done by the private sector? You yes. Know, gas stations exactly. starting new business. I mean, yeah. That, exactly. That's not something we have to build, is it? No, but they have to be willing to put all that in. Well, if if that's what's being sold, that's what they're gonna do, right? Right. And so it's so, but they're not gonna do it until it's sold. That's right? a chicken egg thing. Chicken uh-huh. and egg thing, and so it's going to happen. It's happening. It's ha- it's happening. It, it is happening. Yeah, it is happening. But it's going to yeah. take time, right? The other thing, um, let's see. I'm sorry. It, 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 along with that, let me say, do you know how much it costs to fully recharge an electric vehicle? What the what the price is? No. Okay. So really, it depends on where you are, how much electricity costs. Uh-huh. But generally, I was looking it up for where we are. Well, we don't. I have a Nissan Altima. It costs me right now about fifty, sixty dollars to fill it up from empty. If I had an elect- if I had a Tesla right now, it would cost me about six dollars uh-huh. to go the same number of miles. Yeah, much, much, much cheaper. Well, you know, gas has come down. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, no, no, that yeah. was that's recently. Yeah. Recently, you fill it for fifty some dollars. Uh huh. Okay. I got a big gas tank. Do you? Yeah. All right. It'll go five hundred miles. Yeah. 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 Anyway, okay. six dollars, six, six, eight dollars, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. All right. It's much much cheaper. Okay. Um, so then the other question is batteries, affordable batteries. Uh huh. Right. Um, and right now, the battery technology has gotten good enough that they last about three hundred thousand miles. A one set of batteries lasts about three hundred thousand miles. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not bad. Right. That's pretty good. You know, I remember thinking about getting an electric vehicle when they first came out and like, oh man, if, you know, after a couple of years, you got to replace the batteries. Yeah. And it's going to cost the price of the car almost. Right. Well, not anymore. Yeah. They last a, a pretty long time. I mean, it, I, I don't think I've ever driven a car 300,000 uh-huh. miles, a single car. So I don't know electric cars, but I do know yeah. electric tools. Okay. Because I've got a lot of tools. Yeah, yeah. And I have slowly replaced gas-powered or two-cycle tools with battery-powered. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm a big uh, DeWalt guy. Yeah. Um, and I have lots of battery-powered tools. Yeah. Let me tell you what I do know from lithium-ion tools. Okay, yeah. Um, the batteries are getting uh, quicker to charge. Yep. They The tools are getting more efficient. Yep. Um, I far prefer battery to corded tools sure. or gas-powered tools. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, they're so much easier to use. What I have noticed is that the batteries, even though they may last for a, a long time, they do suffer some degeneration. Mm-hmm. They don't charge up as high. They mm-hmm. don't last as long. Mm-hmm. Um, they run a little weaker. Yeah. Uh, as they age, yeah. I wonder if uh, you know people are really thinking about that. If if the last three years of you owning the vehicle, the thing won't really go like you want it to go, yes, and you're frustrated. That's right. Um, yeah. So that's not so. That's not good. I, honestly, I don't know a whole lot about that. Uh-huh. But um, in the not too distant future, we're probably going to move away from the lithium-ion batteries because there is a new technology yes. that is prohibitively expensive. Um, yep. But the technology is there and. The theory is pretty good that this is going to yeah. become widespread, and that's solid-state batteries. I'm concerned. Uh, again, I don't know what's in the solid-state battery. Uh-huh. Like, what kind of metals are we talking about? You know, did you know there's a shortage on sand? Yes, sand, sand. Yes, sand. yes, sand. Yes. There's a shortage of sand. I know it's expensive. Um, For these beach towns buy sand, and it's really expensive. The uh, well, construction sand, particularly okay. the sand that's needed for concrete. Uh huh. Uh, there is a shortage, yeah, a frightening shortage, yeah. And we are building and building and building. Yeah, cities are going up using lots of concrete. We're running out of sand. Yeah. Now, what happens when we're talking about precious metals? Okay, so let's talk uh, about or that. industrial metals. Let me talk exactly. The, the cost can yeah. go through the roof. Absolutely. So the question is the supply chains for these chemicals that are needed mm-hmm. for these batteries, right? Um, solid state batteries, by the way, are um, charge way, way, way faster. Uh huh. They last between five and ten times longer, and they don't lose 
any of their t- over time they don't lose their uh I don't know, charging ability or whatever, right. because they're not liquid, they're solid. Mm-hmm. And so as long as you don't melt them in like, you know, yeah. like ridiculously hot, you know, you put them in the oven or something, that, I don't know, whatever. Um, okay, so the big issue then is what you're saying now is the chemical, is, uh, you know, getting these precious metals and other chemicals that are needed for these uh-huh. batteries. Um, right now, this is actually one of the big issues for not having a lithium ion, enough lithium ion batteries mm-hmm. for the cars for everybody who wants one. Right. Right. And that's why a lot of these automakers are doing an enormous amount of work to, uh, to build factories and to get supply chains, to get all this infrastructure in place mm-hmm. so they can start cranking out, you know, Ford F-150s that are all electric yeah. and, you know, uh, whatever yeah. like that. Um, Another thing to think about yeah. uh, while we're talking about this sure. is that there are countries that are rich with minerals, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And a lot of them are in Africa. Yes, that's right. And what happens to African countries is they get exploited. Yes. Instead of the wealth of the resource going to that country. Okay. Um, it's That's right. Right. Okay. So, so is there any fair trade, any okay. sort of okay. justice in this uh, <laughs> realm? Yes. So let's, let's talk about where these chemicals are going to come from yeah. and all the ethics around it. Okay. So, uh, right now, the mines that we have presently aren't nearly enough to, right. um, to create all the batteries needed for all of us to have an EV. Yeah. Um, but there's good news, sort of good and bad news. Um, there are mineral deposits on the floor of the Pacific Ocean right now mm-hmm. that we know about between Mexico and Hawaii. This big, massive, massive area, mm-hmm. mineral deposits... Um, that are the size and shape of potatoes, and so they're called. It's a, like a they, uh, it's a mineral potato field. Okay. Okay. This sounds expensive to harvest. Yes. Um, <laughs> that contain high levels of manganese, iron, nickel, copper, molybdenum, uh, cobalt, and other these these heavy metals, needed metals. Yeah. Needed metals. Right. Um, there's enough. Um, to of this these metals on the floor of the Pacific Ocean right now to cover the world with high quality batteries no problem at all mm-hmm. the, and, but the question is mining them mm-hmm. mining them um, they are between two and three miles below the surface yeah. of the ocean <laughs> right <laughs> and uh-huh. at that depth we know very little about the ecosystem and marine biologists haven't even classified tons and tons of organisms that are down there. Yeah. That we know they're there. Right. We just don't know what they are. You know, we send, like, probes <laughs> right. and stuff down. They're like, okay, here's a little shrimp. We've never seen one like that before. I think it's a shrimp. Yeah. Okay, so we got to figure out what this thing is. Yeah. And there are tons and tons and tons of organisms down there like that. What in the world is going to happen right. if we go down there and start collecting all these potato-sized, uh, you know, ore? That's, uh-huh. It's on the surface. There's no mining. It's... And they and they're sitting on the surface. It's very yeah. easy for a collector, an auto, you know, don't have to have uh-huh. to be a person, but a you know, a machine goes down and just goes around and collects these things. It How do you know that they're not uh, dragon eggs, and you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> piss off be. the leviathan? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a possibility. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they brought them up. They, I mean, there's for for initial research. There's been, I mean, they've sunk ma- massive amounts of resources into this already, mm-hmm. and so, um, but the question is, what will happen to the ecosystem? There and worldwide, if we start really disrupting what's down there, we have no idea. Yeah. We have no idea. And so that's a big deal. On the other hand, we do know what's going to happen if we don't switch, if we keep um, doing fossil fuels the way we've been doing it. Yeah. um, Which is not good. Yeah. To the environment. And we're talking just strictly to the environment. There's many, many other issues here, but that's... Yeah. So about the environment. Yeah. um, I know that we're speeding up this cycle. Yes. And there are so many cities built along the coasts. Yeah, that's right. And they'll be uh, flooded, and this will be a a humanitarian crisis. Um, Don't you think, even if we stopped all emissions, that uh, we're just buying time, that that, don't you think that cycle is going to continue? well, it's that's not the answer to everything. If that's what you're saying, yeah, this is not the answer to everything. But there's no, I don't know of any um, solution to climate change that doesn't involve getting rid of all gas-powered vehicles. I, well, I guess that's what I'm saying. That's a piece of it for sure. That's a piece I guess what of I'm it saying sure. is that I don't think there is a solution to climate change. I think it's part of the cyclical patterns of the earth, and we have sped it up. 
and we're bringing it fast because of all the emissions. Um, oh, I see. It, I see. Even if we had zero emissions, I think it's going to continue to warm and cycle until there's like a huge volcanic eruption and, uh, you know, a, 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 an ice age. Yeah. I think that's part of the, the patterns of the earth. Um, I think it is a moral issue to be speeding us towards global flooding. Um, but, the, the uh, you know, a whole other piece of that is where we have chosen to build and to live. Mm-hmm. And that that's a whole other massive effort. I see what you're saying. It's it's a whole lot bigger than just chasing battery-powered cars. You know, oh, it's a much bigger issue than just chasing yeah. battery power. No, there's no question about that. I got you. You're exactly right about that. All the that. coal burning that's going on around the world. That's one sure. of the big culprits. You know. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. There's there's many many things that yeah. need to change, and this is absolutely one of them, um, and it's a big one. Um, and I, yeah, in in terms of your saying uh, your. Uh, this is where our planet would be going anyway, and we're just speeding it up. I don't know if that's true. That may, mm-hmm. It may be true. It may not be true. I think it's difficult to know that for sure. But even if we were to grant that that is true, it's still because we have chosen to live, we have so much of the world's population that live on the coast. Yeah. Uh, we can't just, I don't think it's a right to say, I don't think you would either, to say, no. well, then just forget you. You just, you chose to live on the coast, and so uh, never mind then. We're going to speed this up and flood you out. I, that's not a good idea. And so postponing right. things so that we okay, here's what's happening, and we can slow and you know, saving that stuff is really good. Saving those people, saving those buying that time and absolutely, that's a moral good. There's a there's a lot that has to be done with relocation and rebuilding and uh, uh, the the fact that the oceans are going to rise. There's there's a lot that can be done. Oh yeah, for with, sure. With wetlands and channeling. That's right. And, yeah. That's right. Um, but so yeah, so in other okay, words. So, this isn't like the big fix. No, it's switching not, to electric cars is not yeah, like it's a, not the fix to global warming, but it is a a necessary piece. Don't you think that that uh, it has um, the potential to be a political red herring, um, or it can be. You know, it could be misused, like so many other things politically. Of course, it's going to be misused. Anything in the political world is going to be misused, and someone is going to going to uh, uh, try and use this on both sides. We've talked about this so much. Yeah. On both sides of the aisle, the right and the left are going to f- use this issue as a wedge issue to try and gain more power to themselves. Right? Uh, our uh-huh. politicians are absolutely going to do that. Do you agree with me that that often um, uh, some of the progress that the left tries to push can be somewhat economically irresponsible oh, for, for the sure. sake of, of uh, for sure. idealism? Yes, for sure. And do you agree with me that the right often is a, is a, a reactionary and fearful of progress? Correct, yes. No doubt about it. Yeah. No doubt about it. No, but I think that this is absolutely a way we need, that we need to be, all of us mm-hmm. need to be going as quickly as we can. I don't want to be irresponsible about it. Yeah. But um, I think that our laws are behind um, mm-hmm. not only this what what our science is saying, yeah. but now they're behind what the what the free market is saying. Yeah, yeah, I I can see where I would want. Like I said, I I like uh, battery powered tools. Oh yeah, over corded and gas tools for totally. sure. Totally. If the batteries are doing their job, if the tool's strong enough, it right. lasts long enough, the batteries don't degenerate. Yeah. They and charge quickly. And we're there now. Uh-huh. We just don't have enough infrastructure for it all to work. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I guess saying. I'm asking these questions because I've been uh, told years ago, or I was under the impression years ago, that that cars, with all of the emissions uh, uh, upgrading that they've done over the years, were not as big a problem as coal burning, as uh, as uh, methane from livestock in the removal of forests and the the tilling of soil and releasing of carbon. Yeah, um, that that it's really one of the more minor uh, issues, the burning of gas in cars that are now f- more efficient. But I could be wrong. I don't have those numbers exactly in front uh-huh. of me, but I think you are wrong about that. I don't know what the, okay. I don't know what the actual percentage is. Uh-huh. But yeah, here's what's happened: is our cars have become more efficient. That's true. They're not as gas guzzling as they used to be, but or we are releasing driving, as many emissions, or at yeah. least as many emissions. But that's each individual car. We have exploded the number of cars worldwide that yeah. we're doing, and we're uh, traveling longer distances, and that just negates yeah. that completely. The, in terms of coal burning fuels, you're right. That um, so we, so I so if we had if I had a Tesla, I'd be powering it up with electricity instead of with mm-hmm. a fossil fuel. Where's the electricity coming from? Right. Some of that electricity is coming from a coal 
coal-powered facility. facility. However, those coal-powered facilities, a couple things. First of all, um, they are more efficient than vehicles are. Now, you see blooms of smoke and all kinds of toxins coming out of a coal-fired facility. That's true. But compared to all of the vehicles... You know that it's 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 better. Hmm. Secondly, it's um, uh, we can uh, get rid of those power plants, and we're doing that more and more and more. And mm-hmm. I'm not talking about that a whole lot right now. I don't have that information right in front of me. Yeah. But we are switching more and more to solar as that becomes more efficient, to wind as that becomes more efficient, and those fossil fuel plants are going to be able to go away, mm-hmm. and they are going away. We still use a bunch of them. There's no question about that. Yeah. But it's a lot easier to get the infrastructure for the cars in and then also be working on this other project of getting yeah. rid of those at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're, uh, and the pro- one of the problems with collecting these potato-sized... Um, oh, yeah, back to the back, dragon back eggs. Back to the dragon eggs. Okay. Collecting the dragon eggs is exactly what you brought up earlier, and that is nobody owns the ocean. Who has a right to those? Uh-huh. Your right's going to be super expensive to go down there, but each one of those is worth millions of dollars mm. in terms of batteries. I mean, they're, 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 they're I say potato size. They're, they're bigger than that, but they kind of mm-hmm. look like potatoes. Anyway, they're worth an enormous amount of money mm-hmm. when you put them into batteries. Who makes that money? And the uh, United Nations has been working really hard at trying to say, okay, so who's going to benefit here and how does this work? And they're trying to create guidelines for let's give some of this money to the poorer countries and others to. On the other hand, if some, some uh, you know, uh, com- a company a rich company comes uh-huh. in and says, "Oh yeah, we're going to go into these, into the into the areas that are set aside for the African countries, and we're just going to go and take their dragon eggs." Uh, who's going to stop them? There's no police out there. Right. There's no one. You know, nobody is. How do you, how do you monitor? How all? do you monitor yeah. that? Yeah. And so that, I'm actually really concerned about that. Uh huh. But I, you know, I don't know what to do with it. Honestly. Well, it's, it's gonna, a real issue. It takes a a, a very hardy investment. To be able to to grab them in the first a place, a huge, yeah, a huge right. investment, a huge investment. But if you have the money to invest, it is that's 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 where the future economy is mm-hmm. is down there at the bottom of that Pacific Ocean there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just like everything else, this is an opportunity for all kinds of corruption, and it is. the most powerful to remain the most powerful. That's right, that's and everyone right. else to remain and or be consistently more dependent upon them. Right, mm-hmm. right, and we need to. That's a different issue for the for the sure. hopper uh, that we need to yeah. uh, to work on for sure. Also, I think there's a lot of folks who are not yet thinking. It took me a while to begin myself. Think about the revolution that will happen in the way we live and in technology when all of a sudden we are basically doing all EVs. Yeah, um, our vehicles at that point are not going to be seen as mainly for transportation the way we we do now. Hmm. Let me give you a couple examples. Um, if you've got big and strong batteries in your vehicle, think about um, a general contractor who's building a house or building a, a commercial shopping center or whatever. Yep. Um, and that person no longer has to bring a generator to the work site. Mm-hmm. His truck is the power source. Mm-hmm. And so you're talking about your electric uh, tools. Like, there it is. It's all right there. It's all right there. Um Think about when a hurricane or ice storm pulls down the power lines in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You just hook your house up to your vehicle, and you're fine. And that'll last a few days. Yeah. Um, when you go camping, you can take your mini kitchen with you. You got a permanent refri- You can have a permanent refrigerator in your vehicle that works just all the time. It doesn't work just when you have the car running. Uh huh. It's just it. It's battery powered, and so it just works all the time. As long as you know, you can park your car and have. You know, that's, it's all there. Your car becomes a mobile technology device. A power source. Power source, yeah. Which, which then gives people permission to be using excessive amounts of power, right? Yes, that's right. I mean, you go camping, you don't, I mean, you, you take a, a flashlight, you know. Now you're taking your battery-powered car and you can run your kitchenette. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Well, I do. Yeah. And that's, uh, but that's, but people do that. Yeah. People absolutely do well, that. Well, of course they will. Yeah. As, as it becomes more and more available, we just keep using and consuming more energy. 
Isn't that isn't that where everything has been going though? For sure. Yeah. For sure. I'm not sure it's right. Oh, I'm not sure it's right. Yeah, I mean, somehow that electricity has to be made. It has to be made. On the other hand, I mean, there's there's a lot of wasted energy um, from the sun, for example, right? That's that's just there and it's just wasted. Yeah. And we can harness that for for and use it in ways that we want to use it for. In one sense, I mean, once we build that technology, then it's it's pretty cheap to get the to harness the, once once we can ha- harness the power of the sun. It don't have to be wasted. We can put it into uh, uh, having ice cream on camping trips. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have thought about um, EVs. We're not quite there yet. Um, if for people who do own EVs, and when we, when you and I own an EV, um, one of the advantages is lower maintenance cost, mm-hmm. and that's in both terms of time and money. Um, I've already said that that how much you have to pay to go a mile is much much lower. Yeah. Um, maintenance on these things is almost non-existent in right. terms of mechanics. Because there's very few moving parts, right. right? There's no transmission, there's so there's no shifting, um, there's no oil, there's no oil changes, uh, there's no exhaust system. Like all of that stuff is, it's just a very very simple uh-huh. system. Is there a cooling system? Ah, uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I bet, I bet the batteries get hot. They might, yeah. Maybe not if they're if they're getting better there and probably better. Probably is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. There probably is a some sort of cooling huh. system. Um, yeah. But as they become more efficient, they won't need to cool because yeah. he- heating batteries that heat up that they are that's inefficiency in the electrical system. You know what I've noticed? What's that? Uh, electric vehicles are very quiet. And oh, extraordinarily quiet. Which is which is good and bad. Let me yeah. let me explain. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I I the other day I realized how dependent I have become up with my ears for crossing the street. Uh huh. Um, you're talking to someone. You're getting ready to cross the street. You look up. You got the crosswalk. And I am relying on my ears a fair amount yeah. to help me determine if there's something coming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my whole life, cars have made noise. Yeah. And uh, electric car is very quiet. Yeah, very quiet. And I'm realizing I, I need to pay better attention before I get hit by a car. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah, you don't hear them coming. One of the things that you might not realize with the quieter cars is that they have done studies with people. And when you drive or even ride, but especially drivers, driving an electric car versus a gas-powered car, if you're driving an electric car, your blood pressure is lower, mm-hmm. your anxiety is lower. It's a much calmer and easier experience, in part because of the sound. Huh. It's so much quieter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's also much easier because you don't have to go to a gas station um, longer trips are maybe a little bit more difficult yeah. than a gas-powered car, uh-huh. but otherwise, you come home, hook it up. I mean, that's a few. That's it's right so, there. So, You're already there, and so then, like, you never have to go and charge somewhere. So there's some peace of mind and, totally. and peace of soul. What if your mother-in-law is in the car with you? That's a different situation. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and right now, there maybe are... you want some engine noise. <laughs> <laughs> what I can't hear you. <laughs> Roll the window down. (laughs) Poke some holes in your muffler on purpose. (laughs) Yeah. There are some disadvantages to owning an EV. Uh, The initial cost still right now is pretty high. Mm -hmm. It's pretty high. Yeah. That's coming down. It's coming down tremendously and quickly. But it is the initial investment right now is still pretty high. And the other big thing is if you've got to go more than like 400 miles at a time in a day, then yeah, you got You're gonna have to find a charger. Yeah, and so that is an issue right now. Well, hmm. here's the thing: if you if you buy a new vehicle, a gas powered vehicle, and you talk mm-hmm. about an F one fifty. Yeah, you can spend over sixty thousand dollars. Sure. Uh huh. I mean that that's oh, yeah. ridiculous. That's a lot of money. I mean, I'm I'm used to spending a couple grand on a used car. Sure. Yeah, me too. Sixty thousand dollars for a for a for... gas powered truck. Right. That's insane. That's nuts. But there are lots of people out there financing that. Yeah, they want well, to have that brand new vehicle. They got to have it, and they they'll pay for it. And I I think sixty thousand dollars would buy me a pretty nice EV, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah. yeah. You get a Tesla for that for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's so. Maybe I don't know. Depending on what you want, maybe it's right. not. It's not cheaper. I mean, it's not more expensive. Yeah. Well, I wonder what the secondary market will be if they're going to last over three hundred thousand miles. Let's say they get them at the five hundred thousand miles. Yeah. Um. Then there's a whole secondary market. Uh, I wonder how you know. What kind of value they retain if the if the maintenance is so low if they're so easy to manage and keep up and the batteries are still going to last and yeah 
Um, it could still be cost prohibitive for a lot of the, the lower income brackets. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, cost prohibitive. As they become more ubiquitous, it's going to be, you know, the, all the costs everywhere is going to come down and down yeah. and down. There was a time, you know, it wasn't, um, was in our lifetime that uh, a lot of poor folks just didn't have a car at all. But that's, even poor people have cars now. And so uh, that'll happen with EVs as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just want it done responsibly, you know? No doubt about it. Yeah. I want it done responsibly as well. But I think this this is coming, as, because the prices are coming down, mm-hmm. and the um, political demand for it, and the um, market demand for it, uh, everything is aligned. And I think it's good for the environment as well. Yeah. This is William with the Hopper Podcast. Thanks for joining us. I really enjoyed talking to Dave on the Hopper Podcast, and I'm glad to share those conversations with you. I hope that you're enjoying them. Recently, we've talked to Greg Johnson, a celibate gay pastor. We've talked to Nace Lanier about grief and hope. We've tackled issues of abortion and transgender women in sports, gun control, universal basic income, Christian nationalism, all kinds of stuff, and all of them with nuance, compassion, and conviction. If these kind of conversations are important to you, please consider supporting us to help us cover the costs of podcasting. There's a link in the show notes. Just tap or swipe on the cover art in your podcast app right now. Or if it's more helpful, you can go to patreon.com slash the Hopper Podcast. We would really appreciate it. Thanks. Hey, Dave, let's do another Dream Team draft. Another Dream Team draft. So we've been doing these... um, like your the top five for a team together. Yeah. This time, so we've done uh, sitcoms, we've done stand-up comedians. I thought this time we could do books of the Bible. Books of the Bible. So okay. not the top five best uh-huh. necessarily, okay. but like a well-rounded team. Yeah. Okay. And of course, okay, well, let's say from the outset, we love all of the Bible. It's all uh-huh. inspired we're Orthodox Christians, yada, yada, yada. Okay, all the Bible is important. Enough said right. there, yeah? We're just picking our team. This is just like, okay, uh-huh. picking our dream team. Uh, if we only, you know, for uh-huh. five, these five books working well together that we that we think work well together, uh-huh. it's just these five. Okay. All right. Uh, I think, I don't know if I, I think I picked last time. You go, you, you pick first. I will go time. first. Okay. You go first. I will pick the premier... Letter of Paul, the book of Romans. Romans, okay. Yeah, so why do you pick that first? Uh, well, some people uh, feel Romans is the uh, the most important book of the Bible. Uh-huh. Um, it is uh, it, it, Paul, who wrote 13 letters, uh-huh. and is a very important contributor. Yes. This is the big work of Paul. Yes. It has lots of doctrine. Yes. It well explains the gospel. Yes. Um, like Galatians would. Yep. But it also explains sanctification, like yep. Ephesians and Colossians and Philippians would. Yep. Um, it also has components of understanding the Old Testament, um, and covenant theology. Okay. And the work of Israel and the church. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and how to apply all this? Okay, how to be a living sacrifice and all that that means. And yeah, it's just a comprehensive, doctrinally sound. Uh, yeah, this is this is where I'm going to go first. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. And I will say that you have Romans that it, that the, I love Romans, of yeah. course, as well. However, I sure hope you get on your team some Old Testament books so you can understand the Book of Romans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, I first round am going to pick uh the book of Genesis. Yeah. I think the book of Genesis um uh is in a narrative way what Romans is. Uh-huh. It is the whole gospel. Yeah. It is creation, fall, redemption. Uh, and you have the narrative there, right? And and, and it's uh, through the stories um, that that God is saving the world. And yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, it's hard for me to even think about how, like how am I 
Right. Why am I defending the book of Genesis? Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's definitely so important. Uh, so important. That was definitely going to be on my list. Of course. Uh, well, right Romans away. as well. I mean, that's, yeah. Okay. Those are the two big, big two ones. big ones. Two big ones. Yep. Um, okay. There, there are. We definitely need a gospel. There are yep. four of them to choose from. Yep. Um, so that's why I went with Romans first, and Genesis yep. was going to be right after that. Uh huh. Um, so that's why I went with Genesis first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's yeah, only well, one of those. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, surprise you then. Okay. And I'm gonna mix it up a little bit. All right. Um, because there are four gospels. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go with the premier prophet of Isaiah. Dang it! Um, because all right, all right. If you if you are really familiar with Isaiah, you, yep. you're familiar with the body of the prophets, totally. which, which you know is 17 books of the Bible. Yeah. Okay, and not well known by Christendom today. Yep. Uh, largely overlooked, but really super important. Super important. As far as understanding God's heart, yes. what makes Him upset, what yes. He's looking for for us, uh, the promises of yes. hope. Yes, yes, yes. That are in Isaiah are amazing. Yes. And so uh, I got to pick that. Next. Yeah, I, that would have been way up there for me. And you're right. We're going to pick one of the Gospels, but there's four to pick from. Yeah. And so <laughs> I'm gonna. So where are you going next? I got it. I got it. I'm not gonna do one of those and and because uh, i got to steal something from you yeah um okay so next i'm gonna go to psalms oh man yeah yeah psalms um in terms of how it, what what it means to know the heart of god like you said with isaiah no doubt isaiah does that but the heart of god yeah psalms the concept of justice and mercy and uh the the love that God has for His people and how we can respond to that the forgiveness and grace, I mean it's 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 all in the Psalms. Yeah. It's all in the Psalms in these beautiful beautiful forms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that hurts. Yeah. Your, your two picks they hurt. Yeah, Romans and Isaiah away from me that yeah. hurts too. I mean, okay, all right. Um, man. Okay. Okay. So, no, but I think um, I still think I have a stronger team already. Yeah, maybe so. Go ahead. Maybe What's so, your third round I mean, graphic? Um, you're, hmm. I am going to say, uh, I'm still not too worried about the Gospels. Um, yeah. Uh huh. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. Um, and, and if, as far as categories of the Bible, I'm thinking about that just to let you in on some of my strategy. Of course. Yeah. Well, um, me too. Me too. And so uh, you stole the, the, the wisdom book that uh-huh, I would... So, uh-huh. so just so people know out there, there are five books of Moses. Yeah. There are 12 historical Old Testament books. Yeah. There are five major prophets and 12 minor prophets. Uh-huh. Five wisdom books. I uh, Psalms is the is the number one for, for me for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to pick a wisdom book now. Uh-huh. Um, I got the prophet. That's a huge section of the, of the Old Testament. Yeah, with Isaiah. 17 books got, yeah. i got the premier uh no prophet. yeah hands um, down in the new testament you have the gospels and acts uh-huh. five historical books we have 13 letters of paul yep and then nine other letters yeah yep. um and so from that category mm-hmm. i think i have a couple options okay and i'm i maybe i'll go there next okay and i'm going to pick boy this is tough but i'm gonna go uh-huh. with hebrews Ooh, yeah I would not have guessed that one, although I can see, yeah, okay, all right, Hebrews. Hebrews largely explains yes. the change from the Old Testament and the New Testament, you, yes. and how Christ is the fulfillment yes. of all of the Old Testament. Yes. So that's a very important work. It is. It is. You're right. It has good um, didactic teaching on how to respond to that. Yeah. It has good warnings about uh, not responding to it. Yeah. Um, it has the Hall of Faith, and uh, it's just it's a good solid pick. It's it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Some of my favorite passages in all the Bible are from Hebrews. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you got? Okay, so I've got Genesis and Psalms. Uh, I think from there, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not worried about the Gospels because uh-huh. we got. Uh, yeah, even if you pick one, any, right? Any, any of the other three, there's a couple other. Going to yeah. is going to be fine. There's no doubt. If I just had one book, it would be a gospel. No uh-huh. question. No question. No right. question. Right. But we're doing strategy here. So, Genesis and Psalms. I think a book of the Bible. Next, I'm going to go to Acts. Okay. Acts. 
um, we'll definitely, you know, I'll get a gospel in the last two, but Acts is, again, narrative explaining how the church started and how the Holy Spirit moves through the church uh-huh. uh, and empowers the church. And I think that is ridiculously important to yeah. understand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. Yep. Um, I am now going to pick... Uh, uh, so I'm going to skip over the, the wisdom. I've got prophets. I don't think I'm going to pick from a, a historical book, but I'm going to pick one okay. that is from the book of Mo- the five books of Moses yep. that is also very historical. Okay. It is a summary uh-huh. of all of the books of Moses, uh-huh. the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy tells you, it gives you a historical recount yep. of, of uh, things through the rest of the four books of Moses. Yep. Provides you with the main emphasis that you need a relationship with God. You need to love the Lord and walk in His ways. Yep. Um, it gives warnings about not doing that. Okay. Um, it's uh, if if I can't pick Genesis uh, from from the early, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. New, uh, Old Testament, I got to pick Deuteronomy. That makes sense. I think that's that's where I would go as well if I didn't have Genesis. Recounts the law. It Deuteros, Namas, second law. Yeah, that's yep. right. That's right. Okay. Okay. All right, so I've got Genesis, Psalms, and Acts. Uh, I am going to go hmm, with the Gospel of Luke. Okay. Especially because I have the book of Acts. Uh-huh, yep, Luke, um, Acts. Those two, there are so many parallels between those two books where mm-hmm. Jesus does one thing and then you see in the book of Acts the apostles are doing the exact same thing. The church is doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Luke, the author, sets it up that way. I don't know if you know, but Luke and Acts together, uh, Luke wrote both of them, and he has more material that he's written in the New Testament than Paul. Uh-huh. It's only two books. Paul has a lot more. But those two are so long right. that they really are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's and and uh, yeah. So anyway, L- Luke is wonderful. That's so. That's I'm going to pick the Gospel of Luke. Okay, I have to pick a Gospel at this you point. Do. I have you one do. pick left. No, and, you don't have to. You can. Oh pick. no, no. I uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I picked Third John. Um, <laughs> no, uh, this uh, I'm going to pick Matthew. Okay. Uh huh. Now I. John is an amazing gospel. No doubt, no doubt. But Matthew is going to be, again, in keeping with understanding Old and New Testament and the fulfillment of it, and all the material that's in Matthew. Mark is 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 too truncated uh, compared to Matthew or uh, or Luke, Um, so I wouldn't pick Mark. Uh, John is a great selection, but Matthew would be the one I have to pick first. Yep, makes sense to me. Makes sense to me, especially with your other team players here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, then I am going to pick, uh, you know, I'm going to pick the, pick the book of Revelation. Okay. So you got the first book and the last book. First book and the last book. Which is, uh, which is good. It is, yeah. So here yeah. we go. We got five books. Yeah. And let's let's try to compare. Those of you who are listeners, if you are Christians, or even if you just know the Bible, um, which of these do you think is a stronger team for presenting the message of God, the message of the Bible? Um, my team. Go for it. Genesis, Psalms, Acts, Luke, and Revelation. I, that's a strong team that's right there. A, that's a solid. That's, that's a, a solid. solid I have, team. I have the beginning and the end. Uh huh. I've got uh, the Psalms with all the the emotion and the praise and the, uh-huh. and all the and then Luke and Acts together. Uh huh. I mean, yeah. Here's the thing: you have nothing of Paul, and Paul is one of the most influential writers of the New Testament and the whole Bible. And people are love. I mean, they love Paul's letters. That's what most people preach through. It's what most people learn in Bible studies. The the teaching of Paul, you have nothing there. Okay. But look at your list. Your list, you have only one book that's narrative, and that's the Gospel of Matthew. Well, there's some narration in there's a uh, Isaiah. Bit, there is, and there's yeah, a little bit Deuteronomy, of Deuteronomy yeah. as well. A uh-huh. little bit. But those yeah. there's, are There's not plenty much. of narrative. There's plenty of narrative there. Oh, plenty? Yeah. 
Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, so... Um, okay, what do you have in your list? Okay, I have Romans, yep. the work of Paul, okay. that you have none of. Okay. <laughs> Isaiah, the prophet, of which you have none of. True, true. Okay. Hebrews, yep. which is a is a great of the general... It is a uh, good one. ...which you have... Revel- Revelation's not really considered a general epistle, but it is the, the last book. Uh-huh. Um, I have Deuteronomy because yep. I couldn't have Genesis, uh-huh. um, and that's a solid pick. Yep. And I have the Gospel of Matthew, yeah. one of the most loved Gospels. So I think I'm in pretty good, uh, pretty good situation here. You've relied heavily on narrative. I have, and I have relied heavily on summaries and explanations of narrative, which I think are more helpful. Yeah, I think that they are more helpful if you already have the narrative. But honestly, the narratives, <laughs> I think, speak for themselves. I love stories, and I think most people uh-huh. love stories. Well, sure. People like stories. And most of the Bible is stories. Yeah, but I don't think you would well understand a lot of the narrative without the explanation, the, the, the God-inspired explanation of, of Paul. But you have no Paul. Zero Paul, William. Paul is not everything. He's not everything. But how could you pick five books of the Bible and not have Paul? fail really (laughs) boy you are in love with paul i like paul a lot but i don't think yeah anyway (laughs) all right friends listeners who are uh following us which of us uh have a stronger team dave has romans isaiah hebrews deuteronomy and matthew willie i have Genesis, Psalms, Acts, Luke, and Revelation. That it's it's clear. So just write, <laughs> go to go to the uh, uh, Facebook. Um, Your shameless marketing is going to backfire. You think so? Yeah. Go to go to Facebook and we'll put a poll up there to see who has the stronger team. And or you can also register your vote at the um, Hopper Podcast at Gmail dot com. to the Hopper Podcast. You made it to the end of this week's episode. Congratulations. You win a peck of pickled peppers picked by Peter Piper. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah that's great. To claim that prize, write us at thehopperpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 214-267-9287. Join us next time when we will discuss three exciting new breakthroughs in shovel technology. Mm, that's good. They're making shovels much yes. better. Yes, yes. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and join our Facebook group for more Hopper goodness. Special thanks this week goes to the plague or the Black Death. It is the quickest way to lose weight. It is indeed. <laughs> weight loss program. Yeah. <laughs> Black Death weight right. loss program. <laughs> right. It's the hottest thing out there. <laughs> I guess so. All right.